If you have your Bibles, I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 16, um, beginning at verse number 13. And then uh, um, also I want to look at a scripture in Isaiah and, and then in the book of Luke, three quick, uh, quick verses here um, as we look into the Word of God together and uh, get vision and direction and uh, revelation and inspiration from the Word of God. Um, I want to encourage you to be a part of our midweek services uh, through the summer. We're gathering together on Wednesday nights here. Uh, if you were not able to be a part of Wednesday night that just passed, um, I want to highly recommend that you jump onto YouTube and, and put in We Are Life Church. And uh, when you go in We Are Life Church, you'll see the different uh, services that you can watch or you can just play and listen to as you're traveling. Uh, it was our second Tuesday, second Wednesday night, I'm sorry. So uh, Brother Costa was sharing the principles behind evangelism and discipleship through life studies. And it was just transformational. Something's shifting within us. Uh, something's being transitioned. Something's being imparted into the DNA of our church. And I know that not everybody can make it out because of work and so forth. I want you to do your best to be here. But if you don't make it, please jump on YouTube and stay connected with what's taking place. And what I've noticed is that there is a flow that's weaving through uh, the, the teaching and ministry, whether it's uh, uh, pastor preaching or Simeon or David. There seems to be just a flow that's happening. Last, last uh, uh, Sunday, two weeks ago, we preached about Thrive, and there was a word that sparked, uh, there was a, a verse that sparked Simeon last week to for what he preached on Sunday. Uh, and even Wednesday, and then as I watched Sunday's sermon, something was sparked in my spirit for today. So God, God's doing something. This is just not just random sermons, right? Random messages of God speaking to us, and today's no, no different. Matthew 16 and 13, the Bible says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who are people saying that I am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist some Elias others Jeremiah or, or one of the prophets he saith unto them but whom say ye that I am what do you guys think and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God Woo. and Jesus answered and said unto him Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. In other words, you didn't hear this from a person, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, this is divine revelation. Everybody got that? You got this from God. He said, and I say unto you, unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church little Bible study here. What's the rock that he's going to build the church on? Not Peter. He's not building the church on Peter. That's a man. The rock is the revelation of who Jesus is. He said, upon this rock, you said, thou art the Christ. See, you got to understand, nobody knew who Jesus was. But this revelation of who Jesus was is the rock on which Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Somebody say Amen. And then Jesus says, I will give unto thee, to Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter had revelation. God said, I'm going to give you some keys. All right? Now, this idea of keys that open and close the kingdom, it's an Old Testament concept. You look in Isaiah 22, 22, uh, speaking of one of the kings there, the prophet said, the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder so that he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. Then again, in Revelation chapter 3, 7, God uh, speaks through the angel to the church of Philippi and says, whatever you bind or open on the earth will be open whatever you close because you have the keys. And so Jesus here in Matthew 16 is focusing on this idea of having keys that unlock certain things. And last Sunday, those of you that were here, you heard Brother Costa say, the purpose of the ministry is not to entertain you, it's to unlock you. Unlock what God wants to do through you. And so while I was praying and thinking about that, while the Spirit was speaking to me through that, uh, I, I felt like God wanted me to speak to this church today as pastor about that. One more verse in Luke eleven, fifty-two. This is fascinating, fascinating. Jesus said, Woe unto you, lawyers. These were the doctors of the religious law. Woe unto you, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourself, and them that were entering in who hindered. How did these students of the Old Testament hinder people from entering in? Because they had a key to knowledge that they did not give them. I want to I share with you today that the key to unlock is not some magic formula. It's revelation. It's knowledge. It's a key of knowledge. It's a key of understanding. He said, doctors of the law, your problem is, and why there's going to be, in essence, a curse on you is because you had a key of knowledge. And you not only did you not let go in yourself, but you wouldn't let other people come in as well. And so today, for a few moments, I just want to preach on this subject, unlocked. Amen? Unlocked. Let's ask God that he would speak to us. Lord, we thank you today for your word and the power of your spirit and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Jesus, for how you've been merciful and you've blessed us and you've kept your hand upon this church. God, we understand uh, that what you have in store for us in the future would cause what's happened in our past to pale. You want to do great things through the individual members of this assembly, Lord God, not because we're part of Life Church, but because we're part of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And today, Lord, I pray over the next few moments uh, that revelation would pour into this room, that people would hear if they have ears to hear, that if they have eyes, they would perceive uh, so that something could be unlocked in them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's praise the Lord by clapping our hands before we're seated. You may be seated. After watching the sermon online, being reminded that the job of the ministry, the fivefold ministry, to equip the members for the work of ministry is not to entertain, but to unlock. And I feel like there was a, a, something prophetic that resonated right when he spoke that word 
and it's been reverberating through my spirit this week, and I have a visual in my mind. Um, if you've ever had a telephone app, a, a, a cell phone app that you downloaded, uh, but it's locked and you can't use the resources that are already downloaded to your phone until you pay the money to unlock what's there, to unlock the potential. And so if you buy just the, uh, uh, the app at its very foundational level, only a small part of the potential is available and accessible until the whole thing is unlocked. If you've ever tried to get online, your banking information is available there, but not just anybody can jump on and have access to it. You have to receive an access key or an access code, and once you get the code, all of that information is unlocked to you. You guys understand what I'm saying? It's all there. The potential is there, but the potential is not available. It's not accessible until it is unlocked. I uh, wrote, uh, enjoy playing golf sometimes and riding a golf cart. What, what I learned is that golf carts have, can go much faster than they go on the golf course. Uh, but the uh, owners of the golf course have determined they don't want people tearing around the golf carts at 40 miles an hour on these golf carts and running in, knocking things or people over. And so uh, the manufacturers put a governor on it so that the, the, the vehicle can only go so fast. And until that governor is unlocked, it limits the potential. I, I know some of you have heard before that even our human brains have not been fully unlocked and they only operate uh, at a small percentage of the potential that's available. With all of that principle and concept behind what I'm feeling today, I believe that our potential as believers have not fully been unlocked. The power's already there. The potential is already downloaded, but something needs to be unlocked in us. Something needs to be unlocked, unlocked so that the potential of what God wants to do in us and through us uh, is realized. The Bible says in John 14, 12, says, he that believeth on me, the work, Jesus said, the works that I do, that the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going away. So this lets me know that our potential as individual believers in the body of Christ has not yet been realized. If you agree with that, say amen. If you think you're already functioning at your full capacity, uh, and full potential as an anointed member of the body of Christ. God bless you. You're free to go at this time. Uh, but those of you who feel like there's something yet to be unlocked, I want you to stay and listen and open your heart because God has a word for us uh, today. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, Brother Ulysses sent out to the executive team a, a few verses, and these verses just captured my attention while I was already thinking about this. Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. This is actually what we're going to be studying Wednesday night as we study through the book of Acts. Acts chapter 5 is our focus for this upcoming Wednesday night. But verse 12 says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. They were one in accord in Solomon's porch. Of the resters, no man joined himself to, but the, multi, but the people magnified them, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of 
Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. What is this verse of scripture? This passage of scripture is a picture of an unlocked church. This is a picture of an unlocked apostle Peter. The road, they said, if his shadow just passes, shall ye do? And I want to tell you that the Holy Ghost that Peter had is the same Holy Ghost that you and I have. And the same church that's talked about in the, in the book of Acts chapter 5 is the same church that you and I are a part of. I want to tell you today that it's already in you. It was downloaded when you received the baptism of the Spirit the power, amen, to be used of God to make a difference. This needs to be unlocked. And Peter, the apostle here, it says as he walked, the, the, the overshadowing of his shadow, people were healed. And uh, I think it's interesting that Peter here, who's walking about, and Jesus asked the question, who are people saying that I am? And as they come up with all the answers of speculation, he Art, the Christ. This is something God gave you a key of knowledge. And he said, not only is it just a key in your pocket, but this, he is who he is and he is who he claims he is. The Bible says prior to that, God winked at idolatry. In other words, people that worship stone gods or variety of world religions, he winked at it. Said, but when Jesus came up out of the grave, all the excuses were gone. And now it was known that there was one God manifest in the flesh who was Jesus Christ. And from that point on, God said he commands everyone everywhere to repent. You know why? It's because of who Jesus is. Jesus is not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not a Jeremiah. He's not an Isaiah. He is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. And this key of understanding and revelation had the power to unlock the door. So I want you to understand, if you have your keys, imagine it. You can even take it out and look at it if you want to. But your key that gives you access, it's a physical thing that opens up potential, that turns on the car, that opens you into the house. In a spiritual sense, when you read about keys, what is it? It's talking about knowledge. Certain knowledge that opens up a door, not just because you know this one thing, but it opens up a world of possibilities. And the same is true with this revelation that, that Peter had. That knowing who Jesus is opens up a whole kingdom of possibilities. The knowledge is what unlocks it. I want you to look at this in Luke eleven twenty fifty two. 52. We read this earlier. Jesus said, woe unto you lawyers. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourself and you also didn't help anybody else in. The key is knowledge. Turn to your neighbor, nudge them, look them in the eye just so you don't miss this point and say, hey neighbor, the key is knowledge. It's something that you know. It's something that you understand. And, and I want to help you just for a couple moments here to understand how knowledge or revelation is the key to unlock what's potentials inside of you. Now, there's a biblical concept, a word that appears over and over in Scripture, and this word is mystery. Mystery. Particularly in the New Testament, you see it a lot. 
Let me give you a couple examples. Romans 16, 25. The apostle Paul said, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. The gospel being preached is according to the revelation of some mystery which was kept secret since the worlds began but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith God said there was a mystery through the apostle Paul there was a mystery since the worlds began but now it's being unlocked through revelation through understanding, through teaching, through preaching. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4 and 6 tells us what this particular mystery that Paul's talking about is. It says, thereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Mystery again. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. As is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. There's a mystery. Anybody ever read a mystery novel? Anybody read the Hardy Boys when you were younger? And, or Nancy Drew? I, I didn't want to read Nancy Drew. I didn't play with dolls. I didn't read Nancy, Nancy Drew. But I love the Hardy Boys, right? Trying to figure out the mystery. The Bible says this mystery is revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Colon. What's the mystery? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So what does this mean? What's the mystery? The eternal mystery that's been hid from the very beginning is the church. Because originally, the Hebrews thought this was an ethnic religion for us who are called and selected because of the faith of our father Abraham. God says, well, I'm glad you think that, but there's a mystery that hasn't been unlocked yet. And the unlocked mystery is this, is that there is going to be a bride of Christ, a church, not just made up of Jews, but made up of every ethnicity, every nationality, every background of people through faith in Jesus Christ that has become the church. And the apostle Paul say, most of the Jews don't have this understanding. They're operating out of what they think because they don't have the the key to unlock the revelation of God's eternal plan. What God's plan may have been was a precursor to what God's plan was going to be. You may have had one key because you were born of Abraham, but the next key is a revelation key. And if you don't have the revelation given by the apostles and prophets, you won't even understand why these Gentiles are sitting in your church. It's a key of revelation. And, and I also want, want you to get this. As Jesus would teach and preach, Jesus' ministry, he always taught in parables, right? Why did Jesus teach in parables? Because he was unlocking mysteries. And, and the deal is, is the unlocking of a mystery is not just so you know something. The unlocking of a mystery is the revelation gives you access to something greater. The understanding of the mystery gives you access to something greater. When Jesus taught parables, there were all these groups that were sitting there listening. They all wanted to hear Jesus, right? 
They all came out, so they must have had some kind of religious appetite. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to Jesus. But Jesus makes it clear, I'll read it in the scripture, that while he was teaching and preaching, some people were getting it. And the other people sitting right by them were like this. And as a result, some people were accessing the kingdom and other people were missing it. Not because they were better than the others, but because they got the key. And the key is understanding and revelation. Look at this verse. I'll just prove it to you so you don't think I'm making it up. Mark chapter 4 verse 9. He said unto them, after he taught the parable of the sower, he said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone... They that were about him with the 12 asked of him the parable. He had just told about the man that went out sowing seed, stony ground, thorny ground. So what was that all about? And he said unto them, get this, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. And then he quotes a little uh, uh, Old Testament quotation that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand. Let's at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. Now we just read over that because it's kind of hard to understand. But look at the power of that statement right there. These people are listening. You are getting the key of revelation of the mystery. They are not. And then that little thing he says there, seeing they may see, not perceive, hearing they may hear, not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins would be forgiven them. What is the point here? The point is, if they got the understanding of what I was saying, that would be the key to the forgiveness of their sins. That would be the key to them being converted. But because they don't get the key, they're just sitting there listening to stories. Why is it that good people can read and study the Bible, but hearing they don't hear, and seeing they don't see, and hearing they don't understand? It's because the Lord said, I'm looking for those that have an ear that would hear. Those that are looking for a key that's going to unlock the potential that is inside of them that's why I said I know it was a joke but at the very beginning I said you're welcome to leave if you're not interested in what God has for you next because if you're not then you're going to sit there and listen to the sermon and be like this and hearing you will not hear and, and, and seeing you will not perceive because if you get it, it will be the key to something spiritual and supernatural that will happen in your life. The key is knowledge. The key is revelation. Hallelujah. So he said the key to your conversion, the key to the forgiveness of your sins is you have to perceive. You have to get this key and understand it, this revelation. You Jews, you're, you're in this frame of mind, but there's a, a whole new world, a new fantastic place to be, but you got to have the key. You can't get in there by being good enough. You can't get in there by being from the right family. 
You've got to get the key. And once you get the key, you're going to get revelation. You're going to get forgiveness of sins. You're going to get conversion. In the meantime, you're like this. And I want to tell you today that the key to unlocking the power of the gospel is revelation. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Peter's keys to unlocking this revelation, three, three keys. The number one key, see, it all started because Peter responded to revelation. Peter said, thou art the Christ. God says, oh, you know how to take advantage of revelation. I'm going to give you some other keys. You're not afraid of revelation. I'm going to give you some other keys. You're, you're not so stuck in your tradition that you can't understand that God's doing something new right here. So since you got this revelation, I'm going to give you some keys. And the keys he handed them were not the Fisher-Price plastic keys that kids chew on. They weren't even a bunch of keys like, Brother Bob, you have a lot of keys. Show, show, show us your keys, man. He's got lots of keys here. Access. God didn't give him physical keys. Jesus did not hand Peter a handful of keys. But he said, I'm giving you access to revelation that's going to open doors. And because I'm giving this to you, you're going to open up doors for yourself and for other people by giving them revelation that takes them into a whole new world. So the first key is the key that he started with. There could not be a church until people understood who Jesus was. If he was just a prophet, there wasn't going to be a Christian church. Come on, somebody. If he was just a teacher, there's not going to be an apostolic church that turns the world upside down. The church is founded on the revelation of who Jesus is. And Peter said, even though I've hung out with you and we ate and we joked uh, and we, uh, we, we spent the night in the same region and we got up and we did all this together, somehow I'm getting an understanding that you're not uh, just uh, Mary and Joe's boy. I heard the stories back then, but I hear and I believe that thou art uh, the son of God. You are the Christ. You are the one that came from God. You are the long-awaited Messiah. You are the one. And Jesus said, there you go. This is the key that's going to start the church. This is the key that's going to turn the world upside down. It is a knowledge of who Jesus is. Oh, hallelujah. So Jesus knew who Jesus was, or Peter knew who Jesus was because he had that key It unlocked the church. Look at 1 Timothy 3.16. It says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Everybody say mystery. <laughs> Mystifying. Curious. Get the clues. Figure it out. Come on, Matlock. Let's get this figured out. Great is the mystery of godliness. We all agree on this. And then he says, after the colon, let me give you the key. God was manifest in the flesh. Let me tell you who Jesus is. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So guess who Jesus is? Jesus is G-O-D. Jesus is God. So this man that walked with you 
this man that you ate fish with was not just a miracle worker or a teacher, but give me, let me give you revelation right now. There is a mystery about who Jesus is. But let me make it clear to you right now. Because if you get the key, it's going to open a lot of doors. God, the eternal creator of heaven and earth was manifest in the flesh somebody know that that's talking about Jesus right there that Jesus was manifest in the flesh if you think that Jesus is some demigod or half god or portion of god you don't know who Jesus is. Jesus is the creator of all things. By him and through him were all things created. He is the ancient of days. In the Old Testament, he's referred to as the everlasting father. That is only possible through the miracle of the incarnation. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Colossians 2.8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Verse 9, for in him, just talking about Christ, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the eternal creator of humanity. Jesus is the Jehovah in the Old Testament made manifest in the flesh. And when you get who Jesus is, it unlocks an understanding and a revelation that empowers the church of Jesus Christ. Somebody worship with me that you understand that Jesus is divine. Jesus is God. He is the Holy One of Israel. He who has an ear, let him hear. Key number two, Peter knew the gospel message. And since he knew this, he unlocked redemption for believers. He unlocked redemption for believers. He preached the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the message of Jesus' sacrifice, atoning sacrifice on the cross, pricked the hearts of the hearers. In Acts 2.37, they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, turn from your sins, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Key of Revelation. Stuck in his robe pocket by Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, there's about 3,000 people gathered watching the outpouring of the Spirit saying, what meaneth this? Peter explains that this is that Old Testament prophesied outpouring of the Spirit. And also, by the way, just so you know, the Jesus whom you crucified is Lord and Christ. That's why you're seeing and hearing what you're seeing and hearing today. Conviction struck their heart. They realized they were guilty and they said, what shall we do? Peter pulls out the key and says, I'm getting ready to open a whole new world for you. The gospel message is if you'll repent of your sins, turn from your old life, be baptized 
in Jesus' name for the remission or the washing away of your sins, that you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like these that are around here that you're looking at right now just received. He said this is the key to understanding. The Bible says that 3,000 people took those keys and became a part of the kingdom of heaven that day. Isn't it so awesome? It's revelation. And when I say revelation, it's not something that comes out of the air and hits you in the head. It's something in Scripture. Because when Jesus was teaching, it's not like these other people were hearing something that everybody else wasn't hearing. They were all hearing the same thing. But hearing, they did not hear. Seeing, they did not perceive. Listening, they did not understand. But there were some that received the message, and that understanding became a key to revelation. It unlocked something special in them. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Amen. Last key. Everybody said, praise God. Last key, key number three. This is the, the main focus here as we wrap this up. Peter knew the power of Christ in him. And when he got this key, it unlocked the power of Christ in an individual believer. That's why Peter was able to say, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have. What you got, Peter? I got a key. <laughs> I got some understanding that the other people don't have. And the key that I have is that when I received the Holy Spirit, it was not just an awesome experience that gave me goosebumps, uh, but it became Christ in me. So that when I walk up on this crippled man, the same Jesus that healed crippled people is now in me. Now, you guys may have heard that before. It may have been one in one ear and out the other, or you might be the crowd that's doing this. But today, if somebody could get a revelation of the power of Christ in you, it could unlock the potential of the Holy Ghost that you received. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you already downloaded it from the cloud. Amen. The power is in you, but you got to unlock what's in you. You've got to access this key of understanding and revelation that Peter and the apostles walked in. They understood the power of Christ in them. Christ in them. Look at the verse. Colossians 1.25. Last verse. Whereof I am made a minister... Paul says, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. I love it. Like every time in the King James Version it says, this is the mystery that everybody's been wondering about. It's been hid. Prepare. For generations, nobody knew, but now, colon, here's the mystery. Here it is unfolded. Here is the mystery. Here is the unknown that kept it locked up for you. Here is the mystery. But guess what? The key is knowledge. The key is revelation. 
The key is understanding. And he said, here's the key. Look after the colon. After the colon. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is the riches of his glory among all of us? It is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Oh, I want somebody to know right now. Pastor, we already know this. We know we got the Holy Ghost. Been baptized in Jesus' name, spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. We know we got the Holy Ghost. But do you know the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is the hope of glory is Christ in you? Guess what the hope is? The hope is for you, but it's also for this world. Once you have a revelation of what it means that Christ is in you, when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it was more than just goosebumps and ga-ga-ga. Come on now. But it was Christ in you. I wish we could walk in a revelation of what it means that Jesus is in us. If you were here Wednesday night, you heard it. If you're going to fulfill the Great Commission, you first of all got to know that Jesus was telling the truth when he said, Lo, I am with you always. And when you step out and do what God's called you to do, it's not you. But when you have a revelation like Peter did, that Christ is in you, then you can walk up to a sick person and speak with authority and take dominion over disease and understand that this is not about me but this is about Christ who is in me and I want to tell you that the dimension that God wants to take us into requires this revelation so what I'm telling you is in order to unlock the potential it's not enough to have the Holy Ghost You've got to know what the Holy Ghost is. <laughs> it's not enough to be baptized with the Spirit. You need to know the implications of Christ being in you. And when you begin to live your life in light of this whole new world of revelation that when I walk, it's not me, but it is Christ in me, then what does do it unlocks all the power that Jesus had to work through you that's why great works were done at the hand of the apostles that's why people came from around to experience deliverance and healing because he had a key and he used it hallelujah so the sad thing is until today is it's always been in you. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. It's not about you anymore in your life. It's about what God wants to do through you. And if you get a revelation, see, when people don't get a revelation of what it means for Christ to be in you, then they don't care how they live their lives. But when they understand that Christ is in me and I'm a temple of the Holy Ghost. The place I used to go, I don't go anymore. Things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Amen? The stuff I used to smoke, I don't smoke it no more. Uh-huh. What I used to drink, I don't drink it anymore. The way I used to talk, I don't talk that way anymore. 
The way I used to conduct myself, I don't conduct myself that way anymore. Because now I know that Christ is in me. And I'm talking about a revelation of an understanding that this body is now a temple of God. And wherever I go, Jesus is showing up. Oh, my Lord, revelation. Boom. This guy that's been traveling with you, he's not just a teacher. He is the Messiah. Boom. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and every sin you've ever committed, everything you've ever done wrong, every mistake that you've ever made, boom, it's washed away. You're forgiven. You're in the kingdom of God. People are like, boom. You mean I don't have to say 37 Hail Marys and go do good deeds and I don't have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G? No, you need to ask God to forgive you and he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins because of what he did on the cross. So I'm telling you, this is where we are right now. We're at a key point because what God's going to do in our church is going to be a result of some people who hear because they have ears to hear and revelation, which is what God's been pushing into the DNA of our church through the teaching and preaching, through the teaching with the life studies and the evangelism focus. It's not about us just getting out there and doing something. It's about realizing who's with us. It's about getting a revelation of who is in us and how he's going to go with us and how he's going to empower us. And I want to tell you right now that every great revival begins with revelation. Every great revival, most of you have heard of the Azusa Street Revival, right? This is what launched worldwide Pentecostalism, the Azusa Street Revival. How did it start? It started because there were a group of people that were wondering, how come nobody is receiving the baptism of the Spirit? How come we're not seeing any miracles? <laughs> how come the churches are dead and dried and not thriving? What is the problem? And as they began to research the problem, they realized that there was something that was happening in the New Testament church that wasn't happening in the, 19, uh, the 1900s church. And they said, why is it that when all of them received the baptism of the Spirit, the Bible says they began to speak in other tongues, why is it in none of the churches around anywhere are people speaking in tongues? Guess what? The question put a key in their pocket that opened up an explosion of revival to where there were miracles happening, deaf ears being opened, blind eyes being opened, and, and uh, people with addictions being delivered, uh, crippled people stepping up out of wheelchairs uh, in the great Azusa Street revival that spread the message of Pentecostalism around the world. It all started with a key. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is what I feel. I feel like God wants, what God wants to unlock in me. I'll just make it personal right now. You say, well, you're the pastor, and uh, you know, you're already got all this figured out. I don't have anything figured out. All I know is I've got the Holy Ghost. All I know is Jesus said that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, that you will be witnesses. He said in another verse that greater things than these will ye do in my name. This is what I know. 
The question is, what is the key to unlock it? And I believe the key to unlock it is a revelation that unlocks the, ministry, the, the mystery that brings revival to my household, to my family, to my life, but also brings revival to this region is a revelation <laughs> of Christ in New Testament church had it. And I think at certain times we operate with a certain measure of revelation. But I believe what's going to happen in the next few weeks and months is going to be the result not of a great preacher, not of great programming. It's not going to be the result of uh, some so sociological phenomenon. It's going to be the result of people who already have the power Unlocking the potential. And our subject today being the Apostle Peter. I think it's so awesome that God didn't choose a biblical figure or a example that hadn't failed, that had been perfect, that had been consistent. That had always been full of faith, but no. He used Peter. He said, you want to see what an unlocked believer looks like? Look at Peter. The one who just a few months before was totally backslidden. <laughs> you guys with me? I'm telling you the truth. God says, but you know what? He had the keys. When revelation hit him, he had ears to hear. Are you with me right now? Because I know everybody's in here. Everybody's heard my, the stories. Everybody that's been awake has heard what I'm saying but what I'm saying right now is he that has ear half ears let him hear because God's getting ready to unlock some things so that when somebody at your workplace has a need you're not like oh we need to get Simeon over here pastor over here to pray for him oh if only brother Ivan was here he could know what to do Ivan's great, but I'd rather have Jesus. Come on. And Ivan can only be with me, but Jesus is in me. The mystery is unraveled. The mystery of what's going to change the world is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Let's stand together right now. Thank you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Close your eyes for a minute right now.
these fans that are blowing, stirring up the air. Reminds me of the story in Acts 2 where they were gathered together and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and the wind filled the house where they were sitting. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the words to speak, gave them the utterance. And this launched the New Testament church, the great revival. And right now there is a key of revelation that God is placed into the hands of Peter. And now he's shown us the great revelation is Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit's not a parlor trick. The Holy Spirit is not a good feeling. The Holy Spirit's not just your quote-unquote ticket to sanctification and eternal life. But the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ inside of you. I wonder right now if we could just, if you feel to, you can just raise your hands right now because I'm going to ask the Spirit of the Lord to just begin to descend in this place like a dove. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. I want you just to begin to call on the name of the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, I'm hungry and thirsty for you. I want the power that operated in the early church. I want the power that operates in me, and I want revelation of it right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want you to listen just for a moment right now. If there's anybody here today and uh, you're here and the, the Word of God has spoken to you, maybe you're here and you've never responded to the gospel, you've never given your life to the Lord by repenting of your sins, putting your faith in Jesus Christ, you haven't taken the step of faith to obey the gospel plan, being baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and perhaps you're here and you've not experienced the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. I want to tell you, this is an awesome day for you to be here because the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. Anybody believe that right now? The Holy Spirit's moving in this place, and God wants to touch somebody with His Spirit. And you're like, well, well what do I do? Sounds good to me. What do I do? Well, if you haven't repented of your sins, your first step is to repent of your sins. Just ask God to forgive you. It's pretty simple. Say, Lord, I've been doing my own thing, but... but the Word of God's gotten a hold of me, and I feel revelation in my spirit, and I want transformation. And, and Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I've been imperfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been arrogant. I've been self-centered, whatever the case may be. And Lord, I want you to forgive me, and I'm asking you to cleanse me and wash me and don't hold it against me any longer. And guess what? The Bible says that he will forgive you. Such good news. The Lord will forgive you. The Lord will forgive you if you, in faith, ask him to forgive you. And after you've asked the Lord to forgive you, guess what? Faith's in operation because then you have to believe that God's heard you and he's forgiven you. 
You may not have even forgiven yourself, but you have to have faith that God's forgiven you. And when you believe that God has forgiven, this is awesome right here. When you believe that God has forgiven you because you did what the Bible said and repented and asked him to forgive you, faith begins to work. And faith is the key to salvation. And that same faith with which you believe that God forgave you of your sins is the same faith that you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with. They will, Pastor, how will I know that I've received the baptism of the Spirit? In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 10, it says they knew that they had been filled with the Spirit because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes, there is an outward evidence or outward sign of what God's doing on the inside. And so what I'm telling you right now is the same Spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts, the same Spirit that was poured out in the New Testament church, God wants to do it for you today. Anybody believe that right now? God wants to do it for you today. And if you're here today and you've received the baptism of the Spirit, but you did like Peter and you got confused, messed up, backslidden, and you need to pray through, today is the day to do it. Because in just a moment, we're going to pray for a few moments. And if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've asked God to forgive you, just think about this. this I mean, it just, it's pretty simple, but it's revelatory. If you believe God forgave you of your sins, you have no evidence of it, like physical evidence, but you believe, hey, Bible said it, so I believe my sins are washed away and forgiven. How easy should it be, the, be, then be to say, God said he's going to pour his spirit into me, and I'm going to speak in other tongues, so I'm just going to believe that that's going to happen too. What is it? That's faith. That's the same faith. And said, so what God promised that he promised that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And, and if we would ask, he would give it to it. So what's next? Let's have the next thing happen. You say, well, is it that simple? It's that simple. It's called faith. It's called believing the word of God. And so when you're praying, you just begin to say that, Lord, I I'm ready to receive it. Uh, hallelujah. And if you don't know what to say, you don't have to. You see, I don't think you should beg to, for God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You ask him for it. And then believe that it's going to happen. Right? Good. I've gotten a lot of presents in my life and I hadn't begged for any of them. Wouldn't be too nice to have to beg for my Christmas presents, would it? Please, let me keep it, Mom. No, we're going to wrap it up and take it back. I'm sure you like it, but we're taking it back. No. It's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as you have made that step of faith to repent of your sins, Lord, I'm ready for what's next. Fill me with you. Then just begin to say good things about the Lord. Lord, I, I think you're great. You're awesome. I love you. Here's a fancy word. It just is a, the highest praise is hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's a word that encompasses surrender. It encompasses worship all in one. And when you're saying hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for giving me a brand new life. And while you are giving thanks to the Lord, his spirit will come upon you. And you'll begin to feel the overflowing of the Holy Ghost. Just let it happen. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to reason through it. Let God fill you and refill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, it's nice and cool up here. The fans are blowing. So in just a moment, our, 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 uh, they're going to uh, begin to play and sing a song. And I want us just to gather up here for a moment. We're going to pray together. Whether you've never received the Holy Ghost before, or whether you need a refilling of the Holy Ghost, 
or whether you are filled with the Holy Ghost, but you need unlocked in you. Through revelation, that eye to be open, that door, that understanding to be open, it's going to happen in this place today. So as they begin to sing, as they begin to play, just if you would for, for a moment make your way around here. This, Hey guys, this is the best part. Come on, this is the best part. Come on, that's it. Step out. Here they come. Here comes everybody. Hallelujah. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. The Holy Ghost is going to fall in this place just for a minute. Man, I feel it here right now. Simple faith. Simple response to the gospel. Simple response to what God's doing. Here's, the Bible says that with the Spirit comes gifts of the Spirit. Not all of us have the same gifts. But there's something already downloaded in the spiritual app. <laughs> You've already got gift of healing, perhaps, downloaded. It's sitting there, realism on your life. It's already been downloaded in your spirit. It's waiting to be unlocked. Somebody has an app in your spirit that is a uh, I don't know, just say what I, what I see right now like a rehab facility for drug and alcohol I know that's not a gift of the spirit that's listed among the gifts of the spirit but I'm talking about something right now that God's already downloaded in your spirit right there and the Holy Ghost wants to unlock that doesn't mean what you've been praying for is going to happen the next day it means that something begins to stir in you, something is unlocked in your spirit right now and in the name of Jesus, as we just begin to pray together, and when I say together, I mean it. We're going to pray for one another. That means you can turn to your neighbor. You can lay hands on them. You can let the gifts of the Spirit operate in you. If, if God is telling you, hey, this person needs a breakthrough, they need to be encouraged. Uh, they need somebody to speak a word of faith over them. All they need is for somebody to say the name of Jesus over them, and there's going to be newness of life. There's going to be restoration. There, there, because in this... In this altar right now, revelation has come. And, and I've asked the question, he that has an ear, let him hear. So some things are going to start to be unlocked right here, right now. And so we're going to begin to pray for one another. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost as we're doing this, just, uh, just uh, it, it, it's like effortless. It's like the, it, it's, it's uh, natural. You just begin to praise the Lord and his spirit will become, come upon you and you begin to speak in tongues. My only thing that I ask is if you receive the Holy Ghost today and you've never received it before, just let me know so I can... Get excited with you, all right? Let me know, hey, God just filled me with the Holy Ghost. I, I, spoke in I hadn't spoken tongues ever, or I haven't spoken tongues in years, and, God, and, and I feel something being unlocked in my spirit uh, in Jesus' name. So let's do that right now. I want you to uh, uh, close your eyes, and then I want you to reach over and begin to pray for somebody. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, uh, I pray for this young man that's here right now. I pray for this young lady that's come forward. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Right now, Lord God, let revelation come into their spirit. To let it unlock, Lord God, for them something supernatural and something powerful. I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would come upon them right now like a dove. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by faith, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Hoshanda Rabasa, Alala Roto Kumboro Shatra, Kelevara Fubosiba, Tumula Fabaro Shanda Rabosaya. In Jesus' name, 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Lord, I pray right now for the power of your spirit to come upon them. Hallelujah. By faith in the name of Jesus, fill them with your spirit right now. Let them overflow, hallelujah, with confidence in you. Let everything the enemies tried to use to keep them locked in be moved out of the way. I'm praying for those, Lord Jesus, uh, who are believing for revival in their family, who are believing for something to be loosed in their kids uh, in, in the name of Jesus right now. Come on, now let the Holy Ghost lead you. Come on, somebody speak perfectly over somebody's life right now. Hallelujah. Open it up in Jesus' name. The fullness of eternal promise.